Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today we start a brand new series that I've simply entitled Think. How many of you know some people do it and some people don't? Don't point to your neighbor. But the reason why I called it Think because there's so many scriptures and so many scriptures that talk about our mind and, and, and our thoughts. And really the goal of this series for the next five weeks is really for you to think about what you're thinking about. <coughs> Excuse me. Think about what you're thinking about. Have you ever had that moment where you stopped and you just said, hmm, I wonder why I'm thinking that. Have you ever had that moment? Like, what are these thoughts that are going through my head? Or you read a billboard. I could get so lost in thought that I will miss an exit on the freeway and go, what? Because I'm just thinking. Does that ever happen to anybody else? Or am I the only real person that is about to be honest up in this house of God? Because our thoughts, right? And we're thinking and our thought life is so important. See, because all of our behavior, what we feel is really a product of our thinking. Your mind is the leader. It's the forerunner of all your actions and your behavior. All of our actions are a direct result of our thought life. It's a direct result of our thought life. Listen, if you have a negative mind, you're going to have a negative life. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. It's impossible. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Have you ever been around people who are just constantly, constantly negative? But however, the truth is, you can change your mind. Listen, I love this scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I hope when you came to church, notice what it didn't say, be transformed by the removal of your mind. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I hope that when you came to church, you brought your mind. Just check, just look at your neighbor, make sure that they brought their mind with them. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then you will be, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the Bible says that whatever mindset that we have, it can change. There can be a transformation in our mind that we can know what the will of God is. And we're going to spend some time in this scripture in a couple of weeks. But I have entitled today's message, Who Do You Think You Are? That was a question I had to answer a lot in high school. I'm going to be honest with you from, from teachers. Excuse me, mister. Who do you think you are, sir? Right? Little did I know that that question was, would be so important in my life. That question, who do you think you are, is a question we all have to answer. If I were to ask you that question, to take a moment and objectively look at your life, if you were just to take a moment and write down a couple things about who you think you are, what would you say? How would you define yourself? It's like that little boy. He said, I am the best hitter 
in the world and he took his bat and he took his ball and he threw the ball up and he swung hard and he missed the ball and he got the ball again. He said, I'm the best hitter in the world and he threw the ball up and he swung it and he missed it again. He said, I'm going to try one more time. So he got the ball. He threw it up. He said, I'm the best hitter in the world. And he swung and he missed again. And then he stopped for a moment and he said, I'm the best pitcher in the world. <laughs> See, what do you think about yourself? How do you define yourself? And if I were to ask you to objectively look at your thoughts this week. Take a moment and think about what you were thinking about. See, when you start to think about that, the answer to the question of who do you think you are is really you are becoming what you were thinking about. If we were to look at a person's behavior, we would see that there was a thought process that went with that behavior. Now this scripture, you need to write it down because this scripture is so powerful in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 because it talks about our thinking. Listen to this. It says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or as a woman thinks in her mind, so is she. Why is it so important, Pastor Phil? Because you will never rise above the image of yourself that you have in your own mind. You'll never rise above that. See, and you're going to probably speak, you're going to act and react as the person that you think you are. Do you know as a pastor, I could go through the promises of God. I could tell you who you are in Christ. But if you don't think that you are that person, things will never change. See, God's thoughts about you really will come to nothing in your life until you think those thoughts yourself and say, this is who I am because God says that I am. Do you know that there are Christians walking around today and they don't understand this. They, they know they're a Christian. They know that they're a new creation, but their mind has not been renewed. So they think instead of what thinking about what God thinks about them, they have all of these other thoughts. Well, Pastor Phil, I, you know, I just live in a small town called Marietta or some say Marietta. Do you know that you can be in a small town and have a small mindset? Or you can have and live in a small town and have a big mindset? Do you know, this is what's so deceiving about the area that we live in. Marietta is about 100,000 people, right? So is Temecula. But when we ran the demographics from this place here, when we planted this church about three years ago, we ran demographics from this school in a 20-mile radius, there's over 450,000 people just from here. 450,000 people. See, you can come from a small town, but you don't have to have a small mindset. You can have a God mindset. But see, if you always put yourself down, if you see yourself as unqualified, you see yourself as insignificant, unattractive, inferior, inadequate, you will probably act in accordance to what you think about yourself. Who do you think you are? That's a question that you need to answer. And what I want to do today is I want to look at a story in the Bible about some people whose thought life actually determined the quality of their life, 
they, because of what they thought, it really affected who they were. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Let me give you a little history here as you're turning to Numbers chapter 13. God's children were enslaved for about 40 years. God freed them. He used a guy named Moses to free them. God brought the plagues. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them through the Red Sea. And they, the children of Israel, were on the precipice of receiving and going into the promised land that God had had for them And Moses sent 12 spies into the land to get a vision of the land, to see how good it was. Ten spies come back with a negative report, and two spies come back with a good report. And we're going to pick it up right here. These spies are coming back, and they're going to talk to Moses. And this is what they say in verse 27. Then they told him, who's Moses, and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. Honey, and this is the fruit. Now you have to understand, they came back. God told him, I'm going to send you to a land that's a prosperous land. I'm going to send you to a land that flows with milk and honey. In other words, it's just a really fertile land. And the spies came back and the grape, the clusters of grapes were so big that they had to literally, two guys had to carry one of the vines because they were so big. And so as they're talking here, they're showing the people, yes, what God said is true. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit verse 28 nevertheless the people who dwell there (coughs) excuse me who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large moreover we saw the descendants of Anak there the Amalekites dwell in the land the Hittites the Jebusites the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and take possession somebody say possession For we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours. Everybody say that with me. Say devours devours its inhabitants that is going to I'm going to explain that to you in just a little bit it devours its inhabitants and all of the people that we saw in it were of great stature verse 33 we're going to focus on today and there were giants and the descendants of Enoch came from the giants I want you to hear these words that these spies are about to say we saw giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight we were as grasshoppers in our own sight we were as grasshoppers in our own sight and we were in their sight who do you think you are see God had totally freed his children 
from Egypt. And I want you to hear this statement that I'm about to say. He had totally freed and got his children out of Egypt. But the bigger picture was, could God get Egypt out of them? See, when you're a slave for 40 years, it is possible to be free, but yet have a mind that is still a mind of slavery. I know many people that are free walking around, but yet their mind is a prison. Come on, somebody. Their mind is a prison. And God got them out of Egypt. But the bigger picture was God wanted to get their slavery mindset out of them. Who you think you are matters. It matters. As a matter of fact, who you think you are provides your whole outlook on life. Provides your whole outlook on life. You know, I was in a Mexican restaurant that will remain nameless. It's one of my favorites. And um, I was sitting there with my son just hanging out. My wife was at work and there was a group of teenagers that were sitting next to us and they were talking really loud and, you know, just being teenagers. And, and I wasn't being nosy, but they were just talking loud. How many of you know? And I was a little nosy. Just a little. But they were sitting right next to me. And so there's three guys, right? There's one guy sitting and he's facing his two friends and they're talking about prom. They're talking about who they were going to ask to go to prom and they're on their Facebooks and they bring up a name and they're all, you know, sitting there discussing. And, um, and you always have, when you have a group of teenagers, you always have one leader. I call him the alpha male. For the sake of this story, I'm going to call him the kingpin, right? You have the kingpin and he's telling his little minions there about who they should pick, right? And I'm like, who is this guy, you know? And it wasn't like, the, you know, you know how you can kind of, you look at people and you go, man, this, this is like the football team. This is the soccer team. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys were just like, I, I, maybe they're in the computer class. You, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to, do, I'm just like, they were just these ordinary guys. They look like they haven't showered in three days. And they're just hanging out, talking. But they had the kingpin and he's telling the minions how to pick a prom date. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? Are you Arthur Fonzarelli from Happy Days? And you, you know, you know, I just, I mean, who, who are you? You're, you're sitting here telling Richie Cunningham, Potsy, and Ralph Mouth tips about girls. Hey. So I'm just sitting there, I'm minding my, eating my California burrito, and I'm listening to the advice that Mr. Kingpin is giving. And I want you to hear this because this story has to go with the message. Here's what he tells these guys. He says, look, guys, when you pick a prong date, right? And it's like these guys were like taking notes. I don't know who this guy was, but it's like these guys were taking notes. You know what? And, and, and it was like, have you seen that movie Hitch? You know, I mean, these guys are like taking notes. And this is what he says. When you ask a girl out, first, when you look, you're not going to ask anyone, any girl that you see who's above a seven. And you're not going to ask any girl out that's above a four or below a four. So if 10, because that's the verbiage we use, right? Man, she's a perfect 10. He's telling these guys, keep your expectations low. Here's the parameters between a four and a seven. And I wanted to walk up. You don't know. I've been a youth pastor for many years. I wanted to walk up to the table and guys and go, guys, do not listen to Kingpin over here. Listen, 
Now school is in session because daddy's home. You do not aim for a seven. You aim for a ten. If you get an eight, praise God. But you aim for the sky if you hit the clouds, good. But here is the bigger picture. The reason why Kingpin over here was telling them to aim for a seven was because Kingpin saw himself as a seven. Because who you think you are is the outlook that you have on life. I never did that. I was crazy enough to walk up to the head cheerleader, never talked to her before, and go, uh, will you go to prom with me? And she said yes. I was like, yeah! I don't even remember her name. I was like, what was your name? Okay, my name's Phil. All right, awesome. Now, it was the worst date I ever had in my life. But I will tell you this, aim high. But if you don't see yourself that way, you will always aim to where you think you are. This is interesting. Are you learning something this morning? Because the Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, there was one day I was just looking through the channels on the TV, and I just happened to fall on the Discovery Channel. Now, it's not because I'm getting older that I like the Discovery Channel. How many of you know that's what my dad watches? And I just was, I was just turning the stations, and so I saw that they were doing this study, and they had five girls, and they had five guys, and they dressed them all in the same, it was like a silver suit, the only thing that pretty much wasn't covered was their hands and their face, and this is what they told them they do, they told them to take a little yellow sticky here, and write on them between one and ten, who or what Rate, rate yourself between a 1 and a 10. So this is what they did. They wrote down, right, a number here, right? They wrote down a number. Let me do it this way, right? And so then they said, stick it to your forehead, right? Now here they are in this like black room, and there's five guys and five girls. And here's what they wanted them to do. They wanted them to mingle around. And they wanted them to find somebody that they were attracted to. And then by the end of the study, basically kind of ask them out for a date, right? So they're mingling and they all have this like, and I'm like, well, this is a pretty interesting study. I wish they did stuff like this at school. I would have paid attention more, right? And so they're all talking. And at the end, they all picked a person and they sat down. And here's what was crazy. They told them to flip over what they rated themselves so the guy would turn over his, and he said, I think I'm about an eight. Guess who he picked? He picked a girl that was about an eight. And the guys that picked a five picked a girl who thought they were a five. Because how you see yourself basically is the outlook that you have on life. But you know what? God sees you as a perfect 10. God in his wisdom and he has created you fearfully and wonderfully and all of us in some areas of our life are 10s. The challenge is do you, who do you think you are? Man, this is good preaching. I may become a member at this church. This is, who do you think you are? And when who you think you are matches up with who God says you are, there will be tremendous fulfillment in your life. 
And what I want to do is today is I want to give us five characteristics of what I call the grasshopper complex because these 10 spies come back and basically said that in our own sight, this is what we think we are. We are merely grasshoppers. I like to call it the grasshopper complex. Let me give you five characteristics. And today we're just going to go through two and I'm going to leave the next ones for, for next week. Cause there's so much content here. I couldn't just squeeze it all in into about 30 minutes. And just as we answer this question, who do you think you are? I want you kind of just to listen to what these spies, these 10 spies thought that they were and why they didn't go in the promised land. And they ended up dying in the wilderness. The first uh, characteristic, I would say, of the grasshopper complex is this, is you are defeated even before you start. Even before you start. Numbers 13, 31 says, the 10 spies said this, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able. Here's the question. How do you know you're not able? How do, how do you know? Because of the way they look? Have you even tried? Is it because what you saw? Listen, you haven't even fought them yet. You haven't even fought them and you are already defeated and you haven't even got in the ring because you have a mindset of defeat. So you are defeated even before the fight starts. How do you know you are not able? How do you know what you're capable of? I don't know about you and I'm not trying to brag here. But there's every once in a while where I surprise myself and do something like I was like, man, that was like totally amazing. I didn't know how to fix this, but I fixed it. Boom. Without the instructions. I mean, do you ever have those days? How do you know what you're capable of if you don't even try? And what's interesting about these grasshoppers, right, is that how quickly they forgot what God had done for them. How quickly they forgot how God miraculously saved them from Egypt. And here's what's interesting is these spies, these 10 spies who said they were grasshoppers, they agreed with part of what God said. They actually said, hey, look at the fruit. And you know what? It is exactly like God said. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. So my question is this, is why, if you're going to agree with part of what God says, why not agree with the whole thing? Why not? But you know what? People do this today. They honestly believe and they know that God can save their soul and send them to heaven, but they don't think that God can heal their body. They know that when they close their eyes for the last time on earth, they will open it up in heaven, but then they don't believe that God will supply all of their needs. And God, they were saying, yes, God said it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, if God said that, and God said, you can overcome these giants, then wouldn't he keep his word on that? They had the huge clusters. But see, when it came down to it, the spies saw themselves as grasshoppers. Let me put it to you this way. The spies saw themselves less than what they really were. They were God's chosen people. I want you to hear this. These Spies and the children of Israel had the opportunity of a lifetime. And the opportunity was to go into this land that was a beautiful land. 
but they passed up the opportunity because of the way that they saw themselves. And I wonder today how many of us secretly pass up opportunities because of the way we view ourselves, the applications that we don't fill out, the things that we don't attempt. And you know what it is? It's all because of the way that we see ourselves. I love this quote from Eleanor Rosenvelt. She said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That's pretty powerful. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But see, the grasshopper complex is defeated even before it starts. But here's the contrast. When you start talking about giant killers, see, giant killers have a mindset of victory even before they start. See, one thing you need to know about God is God will show you something and say that you have the victory even before you fight the battle. That's what I love about 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be to God who always leads you in to triumph in Christ. God will always lead you. When you follow God, there will be victory. Come on, can I get a witness in this place today? That's what I love about the other two spies, Joshua and Caleb. Man, they were giant killers. Listen, Joshua and Caleb said, guess what? God is on our side. And despite how big the giants are, God is bigger. See, you're looking at these giants, but Joshua and Caleb are looking at the biggest giant of all God who is on their side. That's how I think David defeated Goliath. Everybody was talking about Goliath and how big Goliath was. But you know what? The biggest giant was on David's side, and his name was God. And he said, without God, he said, with God, I cannot fail. And you know what I love about Joshua and Caleb is they didn't deny that there were giants. They didn't deny that there were giants. They just knew that they could defeat them because in their thought life, they didn't think like grasshoppers. They thought like giant killers. And it matters who you think that you are. God will lead you in to triumph. The Bible talks about you and I are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He doesn't just say a conqueror. He says you and I are more than conquerors through him. And you know what? You and I will face giants, giants of financial giants, sickness giants, diseases giants. But let me just tell you this. The biggest and the most powerful giant of all is God. And he is on your side. Come on. Can you give him a great round of applause, of victory, even before we see it. But here's the second characteristic of what I call the grasshopper complex. See, the grasshopper complex always operates in fear. Always. You know, these 10 guys, their fear made the giants bigger than they actually were. Fear will always do that. Fear will always make the circumstance look bigger than it actually is. Fear will always make your problems look bigger. Because here's what fear does. This is so good today. I hope you get this. Fear always magnifies the problem. When you allow fear to magnify the problem, that means you are minimizing God's promises. 
See, that's why I love worship, because worship, we magnify him. See, God doesn't really need us to magnify him. We need to magnify him. Because for some of us, our problems are so big through fear. We look and we see things as big. But when we come into a worship set like we do today, it reminds us that God is bigger. And you know what? Our problems are smaller than God. But you know what? If you are not careful, you will allow fear to magnify the problem. Let me tell you another thing about fear. Fear always exaggerates. It always does. It always exaggerates. Numbers chapter 13, verse 32, just shot this down. And they came back, the children of Israel, and they had a bad report. Let me say this. They had a negative report. You know why they had a negative report? Because they had a negative mind. And so they come back with a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, listen to this. And the land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw were giants of great stature. Now, let's think this through that is a huge exaggeration because I have some questions how you know I always have questions so if the land that God called them to devours up the inhabitants then how come there's great cities there how come there's people living there how come the people are strong how come the people are tall is it just because they ate their Wheaties Maybe it's because that land was a land filled with prosperity and it was fertile. And so the, 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 the spies come back and say, well, you know what? That land just eats up everything in it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is such an exaggeration. It doesn't. I think I would be surprised if God called you to a land like that and you went to spy it out. And all the people were weak, emaciated. It was all desert. I'm like, oh, well, this is the land. Wow. Thank you, God. No. It was full of prosperity. And the people and the giants were happy to live there. I asked myself another question. Why would 10 guys, 10 spies, call themselves and think about themselves and categorize themselves as grasshoppers. I, I don't understand. I, I really don't get that. Hey, we're going to go out for Halloween? Yeah, let's go out for Halloween. What are you going to be? I'm going to be a grasshopper. Do you have any costumes? Go to Party City. You got any a grasshopper? Grasshopper? Costumes? Why do you want to dress up like that? Oh, I love grasshoppers. I am one. Don't tell anybody. Why grasshoppers? And I think the Lord showed me exactly why they called themselves grasshoppers. Because people eat grasshoppers in that time. It was a delicatessen. Some people in other countries eat grasshoppers today. I wouldn't, right? I don't eat anything that's moving on my plate. I don't even eat sushi, right? <sighs> it's fresh. But it could be alive. You don't even know it. I ain't eating it. Why would I bring that up? Because when you're a giant killer, see, giant killers, what they do is they act in courage. Not in fear, in courage. And I believe God showed me this because Joshua and Caleb, the two other spies, you know what they say? 
They don't say we're grasshoppers. They look at the giants and they say this. You see those giants? They are bread for us. Now, interesting mindsets. Here, grasshopper people are saying, we're going to go into the land. We're going to be devoured. They're going to eat us up. And then you have Joshua and Caleb say, we will go in that land and we will eat them up and they're going to be like bread for us. Two totally different mindsets. What is the difference? The difference is the mindset that they think about themselves. One is seeing bread and eating them. One over here is being eaten. Two totally different mindsets. And it was God that told Joshua when he became the leader and Moses had died. He said, look, Joshua, be strong and take courage. Be strong and take courage. You know what Joshua and Caleb said? I want you to listen to these words, and I hope that they stay in your heart. Because when I read this again, I never, I looked over it, but man, this really got to me. Joshua and Caleb, listen to these giant killers. Listen to what they said. They said, none of these people in the promised land have the protection of the Lord, but we do. Wow. They don't, we're afraid of them. They should be afraid of us. And you're going to see next week, is this really what the giants thought of the children of Israel? We're going to find out next week that what they thought the giants thought of them wasn't actually what the giants thought of them. And let me just give you a real quick commercial. The giants were afraid of the children of Israel because the children of Israel had defeated the greatest kingdom of the world, which was Egypt. In a moment, in the Red Sea, Egypt, right? All of that. Whew. And you will find, as we go into next week, that as they are approaching the promised land, the people in the promised land are like, man, those are the children of Israel. We heard what they did to Egypt. And yet, the ten spies are cowering back and says, all we are is grasshoppers. And Joshua and Caleb said, listen, we're going to be people of courage, and we're going to eat them up. They're bread for us. See, the real thing that we have to understand in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Do you know so many people, they don't have a sound mind? Here's what fear will do to you. Fear will make you think you're a grasshopper. Fear will make you think you're something you're not. Who's going around calling themselves a grasshopper? A person who has a mindset of fear. Now they're defining themselves. Man, I put this in my notes. Sound-minded people don't think they're grasshoppers. Sound-minded thinkers think like God thinks and says, if he says I can do it, if he says I can kill a giant, I can kill a giant. See, fear is a spirit. Some of you are like, man, that's even more scary now. But we need to know the devil will fight tooth and nail that you don't get what God has for you. He will fight you tooth and nail to make sure that you don't walk in what God says that you should walk in. And listen, fear will cause you to walk away from the greatest opportunity of your life because of how you see yourself. Ten spies, greatest opportunity of their lifetime, and they walk away as grasshoppers because that's how they thought 
That's who they thought that they were. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, love, power. See, fear will always take away your power. Fear will cause you to reject love, reject people. It's a spirit. It wants to keep you out of the promised land and what God has for you. Listen, I want you to hear this. Fear will cause you to have anxiety, worry. Let me just say, worry is not of God. It's a spirit that's coming against you. We're going to do a whole thing on worry in this Think series. We're going to talk about it. But you know what? You need to be strong. Whatever's facing you doesn't have the protection of God. You do. Job said this, what I have greatly feared has come upon me. See, fear has attracting power. Fear is like blood in the ocean for sharks. When they sense that blood, see, when the enemy comes against you with fear, and where did the fear come from with Job? It came on the inside of him. Whenever you read the story of Job, it's a tragedy what happened to him. But you know what? Job said, my greatest fear has come upon me. See, these thoughts of inadequacy, these thoughts of fear, these thoughts, you're going to have to take those captive. You're going to have to deal with these thoughts. You know what? It's no wonder that in the Bible there's over 365 fear knots. That's one for every day. Fear not. Fear not. There was a couple times God said, fear not. I am with you. Fear not. I am with you. Fear not. I am with you. I want to close with this today. Our friends, the grasshoppers, they didn't have a giant or giant's problem. They had a thinking problem. Let me say that again. Our friends, the grasshoppers, didn't have a problem with giants. They had a problem in their thinking. Many times, even the problems that we are experiencing in our lives are results of our own patterns of thinking. And when you begin to look at what's facing you, you begin to meditate or think about those things. You need to include God in that thought. We need to know his word. And I want to ask you this again today. Who do you think you are? Can I tell you today who I am? I am Phil Valdez and I am a child of the living God. God loved me so much that he spared one Jesus for me. God shed his blood so I could have victory and power in this life. See, who I think I am? I'm so beloved by God that God decided that he did not want to spend eternity without me. So he sent his son. God so loved Phil Valdez that he wrote me a love letter and told me how to live life, that he loved me so much. He loved me so much, he wants to be with me every day even when I don't want to be with myself. Even when I get bored with me and tired with me, God is like, I'm still here. He loves me so much that even when I want to quit, he won't quit on me. That even when I stop believing, he's still believing. Even when I am faithful, he's still faithful. This is the God that we serve. 
You and I are a child of the living God. And let me just tell you today, God is for you. Well, I don't think he is. Well, that's your problem. Because the problem is not God. The problem is your thinking. And here's what's sad is many people exalt their own thinking above God. And then they wonder why their lives are like they are. What's sad about our friends, the grasshoppers, is that they would wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. And God said, everybody over the age of 20 will go into the promised land. Or under the age of 20, everybody over, they died off in the wilderness. You know how it all started, ladies and gentlemen? With a thought. All started with a thought. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 